talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the news. It's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong with black Yes, that looks sad. I, I gotta see this shit. To look, man, it. it's a fucking look, man. <laughs> hey, look, look, just let's just jump into the episode. Oh, look, man, let's try to eat. I'm welcome eat. everybody to another episode <laughs> of the Weird History Retails Podcast. I am your host Moses Soria. With me to my left is my brother Josh. What's up, sexies? Mm. And sitting and sitting to my right is Archie, who's joining us for our first for his first mini episode. So, hey. oh, round of applause. You know why? Applause. You know why? It's because it's summer, baby. Because you got because you said literally, fuck them kids. Mm-hmm. Summer baby. Day out, I'm out. So today's Deuces. episode, we're just gonna we're gonna be finally we're done with the Jack the Ripper. We're finally fucking leaving London. We're over we're done. After this episode. Obviously. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. So, be- so before the episode started, we blew Achi's mind, or I blew Achi's mind when I told him there is a Batman Jack the Ripper movie, and it's called Batman Gaslight. If you guys want to go check it out. It's exactly what you fucking think of Batman trying to solve the Jack the Ripper murder. Exactly what you're thinking about is Batman as a steampunk. It's steampunk Batman. Then and you're you, correct. And if you know me personally, you know I am a hoe for steampunk. You love you're steampunk. Steampunk hoe. This is my bro. first time hearing this. Bro. Actually, are there, are there steampunk strip clubs? Oh, it's called a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> but so today, I, so, <laughs> hold up, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> You can't just say that and just move on. We're moving on. That's how we do it in this. Where? When you and think, how much is the entrance? When you think you knew your brother. It fucking <laughs> hey, flipped the script on my ass. These, these steampunk junkyard strip clubs that put a whole new meaning to that phrase, pick your parts. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that, I so, take back. So um, Even if it sounds horrible, that shit was smooth. I it, went was, from, it, it, it was smooth, but I went from semi to tucked in. <laughs> Good, good. So uh, good. that's a, good. Um, so who's picking the parts? I carry on. <laughs> Whose parts are being picked? Shut up! Carry on. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. So today we're gonna focus on a. So the last episode we finished off with suspects. We finished off with who we thought who they thought could have been Jack the Ripper, whether it was uh, the prince or whether it was a failed lawyer. People just throwing the names <laughs> everywhere. One of the things that I mentioned over and over again during the episode was the documentary that I saw. And this is what this episode is going to be about. It's going to revolve around that documentary. Yeah. And the documentary is called Jack the Ripper Revealed. It's actually a three-part documentary series. And I'm talking about episode one, where it just talks about the tabloid angle that played into the, the whole Jack the Ripper lore. The so, media? The, the media. What exploded this epidemic. So since we're now all caught up with the Jack the Ripper... And y'all could be deemed ripperologists, thanks to us. We can now dive into a little less, a little lesser known conspiracy that I recently stumbled onto one board ass afternoon a few weeks ago. So throughout our Ripper series, you've heard me over and over and over again talk about a documentary on Amazon. That's what this mini episode is going to be about. Jack the Ripper revealed episode one. And this documentary it's pretty fucking cool, to me at least, because it tackles the media's involvement around a theory about what if Jack the Ripper was just doing the killings only because of the publicity he was getting. 
and they go on to deduce who really wrote those infamous Ripper letters. Aha, it's a trick. So the documentary's host, his name is Calgan McKenzie. And he previously was an editor whose whole thing in this documentary is portraying what part the papers of their day played in the Ripper murders. And throughout throughout the whole thing, he's separating facts from the media's rumors and lies. So the whole time, so the whole documentary takes place in London. There's these two Englishmen, you know, with their London accents, talking about Jack the Ripper. That already sold me. I'm like, all right, I'm 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 already in there. Like, I'm hooked. You well, sound like you got reput- reputable yeah. sources. There. You sound like Jack the Ripper. <laughs> so, sound like you've been there, brother. So, <laughs> the so, fuck? so, you know, so that's what he does. The whole thing, the whole time he's separating facts from the media's rumors and lies. Like, for example, before Mary Nichols, the Ripper's first... The Ripper's first victim. Before she was murdered, you mentioned it, and I mentioned it. There were previous murders that you can hear about on our mini episode, Jack the Ripper's London. So there were previous murders before Mary Nicole's that no one really gave a fuck about. No one really gave a shit about. Not the media, not the officials, or the queen. No one gave a fuck. No one gave a fuck about any of this. It's the like queen, when, you, when you hear the gunshots in the hood. No one gave a fuck. And why would they? Yeah, like, would, yeah, like why would? And the thing is, like, they were all—they all died. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah, they all died, and they too—they were prostitutes as well. So why all of a sudden was Mary Nicole's murder front page news? Why this? Like, not to be a piece of shit, but why this prostitute, specifically Mary Nicole's? Well, because of an upstart newspaper called The Star that launched earlier that year that was desperate for sales. And as, and as a last resort to try and keep the newspaper afloat, they decided to cover Mary Nicole's murder and connect her death to the previous murders, which you can listen to on our Jack the Ripper Part 1 episode if you want to know more. And to their surprise, it worked. So there's this new upstart newspaper that were, they couldn't sell anything. They're like, dude, we need, some, we need a headline. We got to feed the people. And they're like, fuck it. There's this they're hungry. And they hungry for bullshit. Yeah, and they were like, dude, this prost- this lady just died. She's a prostitute. A few weeks ago, went there a lot more prostitutes were killed too. Fuck it. Let's try to connect yeah. them. And that's what they did. And they fucking, those cheeky sold. bastards. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, you know what? That's right. So, yeah. So, the star was founded by Thomas <laughs> P. O'Connor. And he wanted the star to be cheap and full of suspense as it was targeted to the newly literate lower class. That we lightly touched up on on our mini episode and part one, respectively. So they were, at the time, practicing something called new journalism, which meant they were dramatizing stories for the state for the sake of selling newspapers. Basically, they were the first tabloids. They They sensationalized stories and made them personal, which makes sense why people started to finally give a fuck about a prostitute murder aka Mary Nichols so they try to make everything look so seem more personal so it could touch you and that's why people started giving a fuck about Mary Nicole all of a sudden uh, some of it had to do with the way she was killed but like if it was any if it was anything else like oh another person died but she was just brutally murdered like if it wasn't for that story if, if it no wasn't for that care. story no one really no one really would have gave a shit yeah 
So at this point, the star had linked Mary Nicole's murder to the previous Whitechapel's murders, creating a mythical serial killer. So during the first murder, the star was out talking about a serial killer. They were already putting it into people's heads. There's a serial killer on the loose. There's a serial killer on the loose. And they were sensationalizing the shit out of it. And they would. They would always talk about the gore and the macabre. And they would relish on the details of the killings. That was their thing. They're going to focus on the details of the killings to sell newspapers. And during the documentary, Kelgan, who's our host, tries and he tries and recreates a headline much like the star would have created. Like, you remember when he's on the computer and he's talking about, like, oh, how do we create? Let's, let's look up a ju- juicy details and things of that nature. Yeah. Like, he creates his own. He creates his own. He's like, all right, I'm going to become the star. What would be the good headline? And he and he's comparing headlines from back in the day about how normal newspapers would have covered the Whitechapel murders. And it was just basically another Whitechapel murder. He's like, no, 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 it's not going to sell. He's like, well, what's a quote that someone said during the Mary Nicole's murder? Someone's like, oh, I heard sc- I heard bloody murder. Cool. That's going to be our headline. Bloody I heard, murder. I heard bloody murder in big ass bold fonts. So there's two newspapers. Which one do you think is going to get your attention? The one that reads, I scream bloody murder in big ass fonts. Or that book there that's just ridiculous. Torture. Torture. <laughs> so with other publications barely mentioning the Whitechapel murders with a small paragraph, on like page 16 with the headline reading another East London murder, the fucking star, they possessed the shit out of their headlines. That was the thing. We need to get eyes. What's the first thing people are going to see? The fucking headlines. And if you're someone looking to get entertained, it's not going to be hard to guess which of the two you, you know, you're going to go pick up. So because of the success that the star was having, other newspapers decided they wanted some of that money. And they, too, began sensationalizing the murders by practicing this so-called new journalism, which relied heavily on exaggerated headlines and illustrations used to pick the interest of possible readers. So everyone's like, holy shit, the star is sounding like crazy. What the fuck are they doing? Oh, they're just covering the murders. Fuck it. Let's do it, too. And they started covering the murders over. And by the time you realize after Mary Nicole's murder, everyone's talking about Mary Nicole's. So since now... Many other papers are following suit. The star again needed to stand out from their peers. So what angle could they use to their advantage? Well, everybody is now covering the murders. And during a meeting, basically someone in the stars like, yo, what about the murderer? No one's talking about who could be killing. Everyone's just talking about who's being killed. No one knows who the fuck is killing these prostitutes. So now they needed a suspect to give their newspapers some new flair. And, of course, because of the times, they decided to go the anti-Semitism route and went ahead and printed this description of the killer. His back. He is a Jew. <laughs> His face being a marked Hebrew type. They just printed that shit out. Like, they just immediately started blaming the, the Jewish population. They were just like, he's a Jew. That's who the killer is. A Jew. And people ran, fucking people ran with it. But because of the rant, and it kind of fit because if you listen to it, well, it fit during that area, during that area's time because of all the anti-Semitism that was going on. People were already getting mad at the Jewish population. Who are the people that we hate the most? The Jews. Yeah. So the star, they decided to punch down and this shit spread like fucking wildfire. And then later printed that it wasn't a Jew. No, they're like, oh, if it wasn't a Jew, it must have been an Irishman. 
oh, it wasn't an Irishman. It must have been this. And it must have been that. And it must, so what they were doing, they were just blaming whoever they could as they looked down the immigrant ladder. They were just blaming any fucking immigrant they can to yeah. sell newspapers. And people were eating that shit up. So they would correct themselves and just like, oh, no, oh, it no. wasn't them. Not even correcting themselves. They were just like, oh, if it wasn't a Jew, it must have been. They made up Irish shit. Oh, it's not an Irishman. It must have been. Never once did they retract the statement. Never once. It was just like. So it could be any of them. It could be any of them. They were just trying to sell newspapers. Damn. So while this was going on, and you talked about it a little bit, processors began talking about a leather apron. Someone that was harassing them and such and word got to the star about someone called the leather apron harassing prostitutes. And they said, fuck it. Let's print out the story about a pimp nicknamed the leather apron. But like we mentioned in episode one, it turned out that the, that a man actually went by the nickname, the leather apron. And he threatened Y'all talking to, about me. And he went inside the star and told them, you guys better retract the statement or almost sue the shit out of you and pay me. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So they retracted the statement and they gave him the money and he ended up fucking off. Like, you want that leather apron? I'll give you the fucking leather apron. So that's what the documentary is. It's just them trying to trying to trying to see what and what the media's portrayal was, what their play was during these Jack the Ripper murders. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest reasons why the Jack the Ripper murders blew up, aside from the actual grizzly murders, was these boss letters. These the dear the boss dear letters, and in the documentary they bring up a good fucking point when talking about the boss letters, that it was no coincidence that when the boss letters were received, Whitechapel was having a little break for murders. Three weeks passed between Annie Chapman and Elizabeth Stride's deaths, and it was during the double event, the murders of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes. Where we first hear of the name Jack the Ripper. So suddenly this mysterious killer became a fucking headline juggernaut. Jack the Ripper helped sell a dick ton of newspapers. And it's precisely why the Ripper letters were initially suspected of being a device to just sell newspapers. And not actually letters written by the killer himself. And why the police hesitated for a bit about revealing the contents of these letters. So when these letters were received... It was in the three weeks between the second and the third murder. If there's no murders, what the fuck are you going to talk about? Well, what a coincidence that during those three mur- those three weeks when there's no murders, these fucking perfect timed letters foreshadow the, the, the... Well, not even foreshadow, but like, here's something else we could talk about. <laughs> here's something else that we could sell newspapers about. Just keep feeding and feeding. It's like there isn't a murder, but there's a letter. So now that the public has the name of the killer... People started running with their own theories, and the popular one was that it was an, an aristocratic member of the high society trying to paint the posh man with an ugly side. And to be honest, this angle kind of fed into the exploitation of the lower class, which is why when people think of Jack the Ripper, many picture a man with a hat, with a top hat and a cape. When people, you know, when you think of Jack the Ripper, that's the the mental image you see. You see a man, a man, you see over the shoulder with a top hat and a cape. Well, it looks like the Creeper from Scooby-Doo. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, the Creeper. And he's also carrying a certain kind of bag. What kind of bag, when you think of the Jack the Ripper, what kind of bag is he carrying? Not a body bag. I don't know. What? Carrying a manacle bag. That's the kind of bag you picture when we talk about the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Some of those old-timey 
medical bags. Oh, okay. I was like, a medical bag? Oh, sorry, medical bag. Gotcha. But why a medical bag? Because doctors also became a nice angle to blame when it comes to sending newspapers. They're blaming everyone. They're blaming everybody, bro. It's a professional surgeon. You're an educator? Oh, hell nah. This angle was... You got a BA? (laughs) This angle was so popular with the people of Whitechapel that around this time, one doctor was seen walking home late at night through Whitechapel when he started being chased by an angry mob. And he was going through the streets trying not to get killed until he found a police officer. And he had the police escort him to his home because people assumed he was the White Chapel. I mean, because he was Jack the Ripper just trying to find another prostitute to kill. Look, Matt, I'll be mad as fuck. If you're a doctor, you're like, where are you fucking dog is Jack the Ripper? You walk down the street and get hunted down by a fucking pack of... It's a Ripper. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And the fuck Nah up, man just came out from the gym. What the fuck? And the fucked up and the fucked up part was the star newspaper was fucking loving it. Oh, they love drama? They love They love drama. Bro. Oh shit. That's your prequel, bro. Sign me up, baby. They it's loved it. They loved become becoming a tabloid monster. And at the time they were working under a quote unquote banner where their model was if it bleeds. It reads. That was what they would talk. If you're bleeding, me, really? It reads. That's what they were going for. We don't give a fuck about facts. Fuck your facts. Who died? What did what did they kill her with? And how gory was this, bro? Fucking- that's so brutal. What's fuck. that one show that we used to watch that we we're into about the three cameramen that were like taking videos the, of shit? The three cameramen. We saw it here. What? Whoa. The three there's like three cameramen that were in charge of like getting what bang video like, bro like they're taking pictures of or videos of of all the like the freaking crime scenes that were happening and they would sell that shit to the news it's like night crawlers or some shit like that no no night crawlers is with what's oh. his name jake gyllenhaal yeah that's that movie but it's like like revolving around that time yeah and they get money based off how like deadly or how crazy the, the freaking the footage is that they give and they pass it out to the to the news media and like the bl- the bloodier the more gory it was the more money they would get yeah so that was the start if it bleeds it reads and at this point not Change even my bottle now not even a year <laughs> if it bleeds it reads sounds horrible they weren't out a year and they had at this point they had sold over 300,000 copies of the star and not even a year or close to a half a million sales and they were like, we got to keep this gravity train going. And it's because of all this, because of how perfect the name Jack the Ripper fit narratively throughout this whole ordeal, why the Ripper letters were sent during a dead period, that many have suspected that the letters themselves were written by a journalist and not the killer himself. Uh-oh. So throughout the whole time. They created it. And so... That's what this documentary is. It's just talking to them going like, this is why we think Jack the Ripper, the, at least the Ripper letters were not written by the killer himself, but written by a journalist. And here are a few more reasons why. And they bring this up in the documentary. So the letters, they were initially sent to the Central News Agency or the CNA, which is an establishment only a journalist would know. The author of the letter he wanted to make sure the letters were going to be seen. 
by as many eyes as possible, which is why it wasn't sent to the police. Because chances are, if the letter was sent to the police, the police was going to hold on to that shit as evidence. They're not going to release it. Yeah. Only the police were going to be able to see it. So, if you want something like a letter to be seen by as many eyeballs as possible, you don't send it to the police. You send it to an agency in charge of numerous newspapers, which syndicate stories all over the world. And who do you think would know of such an agency? But only a fucking journalist. They're not going to, they, if any of, if it was a regular folk, they would not know about the central news agency because why would they know about that agency? Only a journalist would know. If you know, you <laughs> Fair know. enough. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Fucking hate that. And in the dark. Oh, fuck. And in the dark, our host, he is talking to someone called Andrew Cooks. And he's a journalist researching into <laughs> the star for the sake of the documentary. And he found a letter from the major stakeholder of the star that he sent to the new editor in 1890, two years after the last Ripper murder. So this dude, he found a letter from the major stakeholder that was sent from the major stakeholder to the new editor at the star two years after the last Ripper murder. And this letter suggests that some of the staff at the star knew of a man named Frederick Best, an independent contractor, and that he had sent the Dear Boss letter to the CNA. That son of a bitch. And the most so and the most reflective paragraph towards the sentiment in that letter, it read, Furthermore, Mr. Best's attempt to mislead Central News during the Whitechapel murders should have led to an earlier termination of his association with the newspaper. So if you're now asking, who the fuck is this Best guy? And why in the fuck did he write these letters? I'll tell you why. Oh, shit. Frederick Best, he was a jobbing journalist. Basically, he was just a freelance writer. Hmm. He would tell stories of the people when he would work for newspaper agencies and things like that. He would often be sent to crime scenes and things of that nature because of his connections with Whitechapel. But, hey, you know a lot more people in Whitechapel. Just... Go on ahead. So, considering that at this point, nothing sold more than Jack the Ripper, he would use his connections in Whitechapel because, for one, his wife was born and raised in Whitechapel, and he used his familiar familiarity with Whitechapel to get details from first responders that normally wouldn't talk to any outsider. So, when, usually when something would happen in Whitechapel, the police would come up there, hey, what happened? Uh, I don't know. But if it was someone who you know is from Whitechapel, was married to someone from Whitechapel, and lives in Whitechapel, and they ask you, hey, what happened? Well, this is what fucking happened, because he's That's one of you. Homie. That's the homie. That's what usually would happen. So, he'd be more intimately involved with the murders than anybody else, and he would be able to write such a personal letter when it came to the murders because of how well-known, because of how much knowledge he knew intimately. He, knew, well, he was aware and in tune with the Jack the Ripper murders. So he would be the perfect person to be mm. able to write such a letter. And as you watch the documentary, you see our host and Andrew start piecing this puzzle together and realizing that many at the star not only knew this, but that best he was being protected by the man himself, Thomas P. O'Connor, the founder of the star. 
And at this point, they're using a graphologist, which is someone who's a handwriting expert, right? They use a letter written by Frederick Best and the Dear Box letters. And you see them comparing letters and little nuances in the writing to see if this Best actually did write the Jack the Ripper letters. And you see them put lithographs on top of one another. I think that's what they call lithographs, right? Where it's just like clean paper. I think so. Well, whatever. They're just, <clears throat> they're just comparing the M's and the R's and the T's and things. And as they're going, you see the graphologist put his writing on top of the DeBoss letters with letters fitting neatly on top of each other. With the graphologist saying that she's, she is certain that Frederick Best did indeed write these letters. 100%. She's like, she's like, with, she's like, this is as close as I can be without actual, without actually seeing him write these letters. Wow. So like, this is as close as I can, that he actually wrote those letters. But she also goes on to drop, she also goes on to drop a huge drama bomb. This goes out to you when she's talking about the Frederick Best writing the letter. She goes on to say that even though it's his writing, but the writing, it looks formulaic. Very, she calls it standardish, meaning that he was copying something. There was no personal attachment to the letter when it came to the actual penmanship. No flair to signify aggression mm. or large signif- or a large signature to signify an ego. She's just like, oh, he just he was just copying. It looked like he was just copying something. Because it's straight, everything is neat. Like he was doing something over and over and over again. It's like he was, he's like practicing. practicing it. Yeah, yeah. Like someone gave him, like, I need you to write this for me. Oh, this is what I want you to print out. Go. So, who could have written the Dear Boss letter that Frederick Best copied and sent over to the CNA? Who could have not only known and protected Best, but had such a huge reason to write these letters? Well, they go on to say it was fucking Thomas O'Connor, the man himself, the man who created the star. He wrote the Jack the Ripper letters, and he made best handwrite it and send it to the CNA. Because hmm. who else would write? Who else would need these letters except for a newspaper agency that needed to fucking sell newspapers? Okay, we need a fucking story. And that's what the and that's what the documentary ends with them going like, "Yep, the Jack the Ripper letters, the Dear Boss letter, the From Hell letter, and the postcard." Well, at least the Dear Boss the Dear Boss letter for a hundred percent sure was written by Frederick Best. And it was almost positive that Thomas P. O'Connor was the one who made Frederick Best write these fucking letters. Right? And the boss letter, that's that's the one where he first introduced himself as that's the one where he's Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. And that makes so sense. They because gave they, him that was the fucking they're headline. They're looking for a headline. Mm-hmm. They gave him the headline. And then But question, which is the one the <laughs> letter that was like heavily misspelled? The Dear Hell. From Hell. The From the, Hell letter. The, is that the first one? The second one. That's the second. This one. is the first one. This is the first one. So it's the dear, so the dear boss letter, which says, "Sincerely, Jack the Ripper." Uh-huh. There's a, then there's the from hell letter, which talks when uh, he talked where it's all super misspelled and saying, "Oh, you're not gonna catch me." La la la. And there's the postcard where he sends it to, where the postcard is sent to that one dude who who got the kidney, and the dude's like, "Man, suck my dick," and he threw the fucking letter <laughs> at the kidney into his cabinet. Suck my dick. So there's three letters. So now that they're saying, so the thing is that they're saying, all right, Thomas P. O'Connor and Frederick Best, they wrote the dear, Bo- the, they wrote the dear boss letter, 
But in the Dear Boss letter, he goes and talks about more murders. So are they saying, did they pay someone to kill more people? That's more drama, dude. Or were they just like, fuck it, it's it's Whitechapel, people are dying left and right. It's bound to happen. Or maybe they're just like, fuck it, we'll just say, I'm going to kill more people and nothing's going to happen. And we'll be like, oh, well, nothing happened. Or did they accidentally foretell an actual serial killer was roaming around in Whitechapel? That's the thing that leads every like that's the thing that leads where the documentary ends. Where you're like, are they implying that the star Thomas P. O'Connor and Frederick Bass and people in the star, did they actually pay someone to go out and kill so they could keep writing? Or did they just happen to luck out when coming up with a serial killer and actually having a serial killer be on the loose at Whitechapel? Like, that's where the documentary ends where you're just like, you choose it. Like, what what ending do you believe? Lo- you know what I mean? Locate all sounds like an inside job. Like, it all sounds made up. Like, it all sounds like, like it's been perfectly put together by this person, by this person, by this person, by this person. That there's, there's no, how would I say this? I don't know, like it just it just seems so perfectly fit together for it to be made up. Also oh, like someone like conspired this so that way they can they can get those newspapers out. So you're under the impression that it was just right place at the right time, that they just lucked out? I feel and like I the think- first few were that eventually something happened for them to want to continue on with that. Oh, okay. So you yeah. so you so you're not under so you so you're not under the banner where they're like the banner did it, they paid someone to kill people so they keep writing right that's not you that's not what you're saying that's what i'm saying oh that's what you're saying yeah. oh okay yeah but that's a lot of work you know oh, it's, all right let's find someone okay uh, then go dude look that, back at the murder to see that, how they killed but that'll make but that'll, but that'll make that kind of makes sense like who's gonna want to work everybody wants to fucking work yeah but why kill like that to some newspapers why, why not so hey we're gonna find someone especially you're gonna look for um fucking the uterus and other fucking uh I mean like they, carb- we did we did talk about how they, they gotta that there's possibly a surgeon out there who is in charge of getting all these freaking whatever so like these vital organs for, for selling or whatever. Oh the American. Yeah. <coughs> that 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 was probably a, a two for one deal for him. Yeah, I need the organs, but then you want a story? Fuck it, let's let's work something out. So you're telling me the star contacted this doctor and they hired someone. Or vice versa. Like, hey, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get doc. some, some that, organs. That sounds very American, <laughs> to be honest. Hey, you want, look, like, pro here, quo, two birds, one stone, two birds, one stone. Here's what we could, if, I mean, obviously, I ain't going to fucking do the work. But if someone, <laughs> if someone <laughs> out there. I'm bullshitting like the goddamn star. If someone out there can see and connect any other murders that happened around that time and see if they were solved. None of them, a lot of them weren't solved. No. Around that time? Yep. Yeah. That's why there's like eleven murders that they're like they might be Jack the Rippers, but maybe not. Be- like before the the, pr- the 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 premise of it starting, and then after. Yeah, there's like eleven total, and like th- in like those three years, and it's so hard to like do that because it's been so many years. So many. Well, not only that, but the murders and killing were common yeah. as fuck. Yeah, when it comes to uh, the White Chapel and shit like that. I was gonna say my theory so, would have been like if if there were things solved around that time, prior or after, 
the Jack the Ripper murders or the Whitechapel murders, then that that little short period, like that, that seems like an anomaly compared to everything else around it. If yeah, that's what you're saying. Because then, like, that's that, what you're saying, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's a red flag, bro. No, no, no. I, I, I kind of like in the like I'm in the middle. I'm like what I'm thinking is the someone actually so someone actually did kill Mary Nichols the first so someone did kill the shit out of her right yeah and the star, but not this Jack the Ripper no well the thing is I'm quote thinking, unquote I, what I'm thinking is this dude killed this prostitute he killed the prostitute they wrote about it and then he's like oh fuck it he killed another prostitute completely unrelated it's just so happy he just killed her and she they and they kept writing well. in it. And they kept writing, and he kind of had maybe he had the rush where he's like, "Shit, man, if I keep killing them, they're gonna keep talking or what about her." You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably one of those two. Why? Why? You know? What's the motive behind that? Because he's because he's stupid. They're serial killers. Serial killers have like they like that's their I guess almost like fetish. Like I'm I'm into this, and it's I want to get more of this. That's how they that's how they get off, bro. Because they're stupid, and they weren't vaccinated as kids. See what happens when you don't vaccinate your kids? Jack the Ripper <laughs> happens. It's facts. Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about in this episode. Stay woke. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stay woke. So yes, that's what I want. That's that. This is kind of a lot, and it kind of it did deal. With, it does deal with Jack the Ripper, but it mm-hmm. kind of doesn't. It doesn't add anything to to the mystery. To of the mystery. Jack so that's why I didn't want to. Really, so that's why when I kept teasing it, I'm like, I'm gonna talk about it during the actual two episodes. But when it came to it, I'm like, it doesn't really add anything, and it's gonna sound like more just like blah, just like he, oh, they're just talking for the sake of talking. So yeah. I, that's why I didn't put it in there. But after I edited the episodes, I was like, "This would have been kind of cool to talk about." So I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll just do another mini episode." And that's what this is. That's yeah, cool because because like the first two parts, we we feed you what you know the whole Jack the Ripper thing, and then this is a, well, hey, what if Jack the Ripper wasn't really you know it was a made up fucking yeah? What if it's just a map? Yeah, ploy to sell newspapers. Yeah, there you go. That's what you know. That's what. Ah, uh-huh, it it's a trick. Yeah, so that's what this episode. No, okay. Yeah. What? Dragon Ball Z. It's seen it. No, bro. We're, we're, no, no, we're still talking. No, we're still talking. Nope. You, you know, if you're gonna quote a segue, cartoon, segue, baby. You gotta, you, you gotta talk about Batman because Batman Batman's sucked my dick. Batman solved the Jack the Ripper murders. He solved the shit out of that. Hey, Mr. Satan's a shit, bro. Are you not into strong human, bro? Are you not entertained? Hey, he bro. Who win? Mr. Satan or Batman? Who? Mr. Satan. Dragon Ball. Did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Uh, isn't isn't Yamcha the strongest human? No, but he claims to be the strongest human. No, oh, okay. I'll tell you. Yeah. Mr. Satan, bro. Bro, you are disappointing me right now. <laughs> bro, who the fuck? I was you? on your side. First you shaved, and now you're fucking. You know what? Ever since. Ever uh, since what? Ever since that fucking. That whole season. What of, season? L- bro, this was a fucking season of of Goku holding the spare bomb. This was a whole That's time. every season, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. No, that whole sequence was a fucking season, bro. That's How long season. that shit was. That's every, that's I'm like, every God. Dragon Ball season. Like, if I, was season. These, if I were these people around the world, I'd be fucking... Fucking throw that fucking spare bomb already. I've been holding my hands up for like 10 episodes already. Get the fuck out of here. This was an uncultured swine, bro. <laughs> yeah, so this is where we're going to It take too long. Look, man, we're just going to end the episode. <laughs> you take too long. We're Hell just, no. We're going to do another hour segue of bullshit. Also, Jimmy, get your ass over here. Also, I can only watch Dragon Ball Z in Spanish. Uh, really? No. Nah. I'm used to. I'm used to I can only Spanish. watch in Japanese. Try That's hard. Weird. I All right. Know. So, so thank you guys so much. Hey, bro. We're not ending this shit. <laughs> we yet. are. We got a lot of shit the, to talk about. We are the weird. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I did a poll um, um, on fucking IG. 
And uh, people love segues, bro. So we got to talk about bullshit. And we're going to segue out of this fucking episode. Oh, oh my gosh. There you I go. love drama. I'm going to get some Tams, bro. Some fucking Tams, right bro. Oh. That right now. I'm full. You are. This is a Debbie fucking downer, man. Thank you, guys. And as always, we are the Weird History. It retails podcast. Fuck. We- Stop that shit.